Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Barons, and boy, oh boy, how are we feeling? Weird weather in Wisconsin this week, huh? We had one of those derecho things, I think, or something like that. Just just weird weather. I don't know. It was it was wild. I'm I'm up north, which is why I really don't know the weather, because my internet's been awful, as it should be, you know? You should have awful internet up north. You should take this time to to go look at the birds and, and catch some fish and Think about all the things you forgot to think about when you were too busy screwing around on TikTok. Yeah, that's it. Or Twitter or whatever. Aaron Rodgers is back. Saw that, though. Holy smokes. Randall Cobb, got back. That's good. Everybody asked me uh, for my opinion on on those things, and uh, my opinion is, uh, folks, we're winning the Super Bowl. Also, if you're asking me for my opinion you're in deep trouble, okay? <laughs> Although I will say the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, I put a bet on them to win the Super Bowl before the season began. Uh, that was in 2010. I was in Las Vegas. I was there to see UNLV get defeated by the Badgers. Charlie, why don't you just say watch the Badgers beat UNLV? I don't know. But anyway, I won some money in some blackjack, and I took all that money, and I put it on the Packers to win the Super Bowl, and then they won the Super Bowl, but I lost the ticket. Son of a... Yeah, true story. I called Caesars, and I was like, hey, on this date, I put $150 on the Packers to win the Super Bowl, uh, but I did it in cash, so I don't have a receipt. And um, they were like, well, sucks for you. I was like, can you go back and check the footage? They're like, yeah, no. Which is probably fine because honestly, I had enough beers that night to not remember exactly if it was at Caesars or Wynn, the Wynn, right? That's a casino, Steve Wynn, before he got canceled, then he get canceled. Charlie, you're making this audio file way too long. There's a good chance it's not going to transfer now to Colleen, who's going to cut into a podcast, by the way. Colleen Maraca, give her a big round of applause. She does all my marketing and stuff and social stuff. She she really does an incredible job. She's cutting this podcast right now. Thank you, Colleen. Golf clap. That's me clapping. You get more than a golf clap, but I can't do that because <clears throat> I'm holding a microphone. Charlie, what are you even talking about? Oh, I caught a big muskie this week. That was pretty cool. I got a picture of that somewhere. So I went out with family friend, my dad and, and Dave and... Uh, you know, we went out and uh, got caught three muskies, three muskies in the boat. So big shout out to Dave for taking us. That was pretty cool. You really didn't need to do it. Yeah, what else? Does my voice sound weird? It's because I'm, I'm getting over a cold. No, it's not the COVID, okay, or the Delta or whatever it is these days. It's just a straight up cold. Is it Charlie or are you just hungover? Yeah, maybe a little bit both. I'm on vacation. Also, we've got the Olympics going on this week. Who's been watching the Olympics? What happened? Simone Biles, she got the the twisties. I didn't know women got those too, but uh, <laughs> that is a terrible joke, Charlie. Nobody laughed when you said it over breakfast, and now you're going to try it on the podcast. Good. No, I, that, that's a crazy thing, though. You know, when you are doing that many things in the air, <sighs> yeah, I, I just can't imagine the discombobulation that can happen. And then, and then you start thinking about it because it happened, then you're thinking more about it, and oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. She's going to be on cereal boxes from now until forever anyway. So, yeah. You know, people were giving her crap about pulling out. or You go do it. Go do a somersault, you know, dude on your Twitter account. Anyway, what am I talking about? I'm only getting bits and pieces of, of things that people tell me 
because I don't really have internet up here. So excuse me for my lack of full knowledge on things I'm talking about. But uh, I bring up the Olympics to promote my video. We had our Midwest Olympics video come out. It was a lot of fun. We had a bunch of people in it. We had Ton Johnson, who's a Milwaukee comedian, Serena Beecher. Uh, you've seen her on a bunch of my videos before. A bunch of my crew was in it. Max was in it. Uh, Colleen was in it. John was in it. Ton of fun. And uh, you can check that out on all the uh, Man Talk Men things. Okay. Is it time to get to our guest? Yes, it is. My guest this week is dairy farmer turned rock singer Chris Voss. You know him as one-third of the Grammy-nominated band, The Record Company. Chris is a Wisconsin guy through and through. How Wisconsin is he? Jeez Louise. Chris is so Wisconsin. We spent most of this interview talking about what the dairy farming, the Milwaukee Bucks, finding a proper euchre game in L.A., the art of the Midwest goodbye. That, that's what we talked about. Did we talk about music? Not as much as we talked about Euchre, but you know, we did talk about music too, so don't worry. If you're a huge fan of the record company, you are going to get what you came for, okay? By the way, the record company's highly anticipated third studio album, Play Loud, is coming out October 8th, so mark your calendars, coming out Concord Records, and my interview with Chris is coming up in a second, but first I want to thank everybody for rating the podcast and leaving a comment. I enjoy this part of the podcast where I read some of your comments. Oh, geez, Louise, I got to pull up the... Oh, see, I'm I'm now listening to my Grandma Sue's podcast on this podcast. Cheese, Louise, Charlie, get your... Pause it. Get, get your life together here. Oh, look at this. This is about the Grandma Sue podcast. So there we go. This will be fun to read. It's from A School 94. Nice name. Rates it five stars. Holy smokes. Thank you. The title, Grandma Sue, Be Still My Heart. This talk with your grams melted my heart. I had to send to my mom and dad to listen to the part about her giving you <laughs> the part about her giving you only your $20 back after 18 <laughs> after an $1,800 win from Bowler cracked me up. That is, you know what? I never even thought about that. Uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast, you can listen to it or I'll tell you right now. My grandma's out of money, so I loan her 20 bucks. She wins 1800 She comes back, only gives me 20 back. Hilarious. No interest on that. She did only borrow it for a few hours. But anyway, the comment goes on. I've lived in Wisconsin my whole life, but moved to Minnesota for work after college. And it just really makes me appreciate everything Wisconsin. Thank you for putting out hilarious content and creating this wonderful merch. Just bought the Wisconsin Crest hoodie. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. That We redid the Wisconsin flag and, you know. And made it better. Everyone's drinking. Anyway, even my coworker in Ohio is a fan, and she sent me the Go Packers and F the Bears pint class for my birthday. Perfect for my bloodies. Thanks again, and God bless you and your family. Thank you, a school 94. Really appreciate that comment. That does remind me. Charlie, are you about to plug your merch? Yes, I am. If you go to cripescast.com or mandwalkmint.com, click on the merch section. You can get linked up with all of our merch, all of it's made in the U.S., locally sourced and printed in Wisconsin. So there you go. Check that out. Anyway, let's get to it. Let's get to my conversation with Chris Foss. I think you're really going to like this one. I enjoyed myself. What is up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, bud. Good. (laughs) Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. I think the last time I saw you, the last time I left you was after a couple two-tree on uh, Hollywood Boulevard-ish in that general area. 
Yeah, uh, that would be correct uh, to my very fuzzy memory as well, my friend. Yeah. uh, Funny how that works. uh, You know, I thought we were going to have a very memorable night. As it turns out, I created very few memories from that night. But I'm going to blame that on you. I think you were pushing. I think you were pushing the drinks a little bit, you know? Hey, I was just being neighborly. You know, you I mean, were, you know, you, yeah, you kept asking if I want another and I just kept being honest. And then here we are today. We all know that it takes two hours. You know, Wisconsin goodbye is two hours long. Yeah, so. Absolutely. That that actually is. I mean, staples of a Midwest goodbye. Go. Uh, you know what? I'll start. You slap your knee. You say, whelp, oh, I suppose. Yep. yep. Or, or, time to go. Mm-hmm. Time yep. to go. And then what happens? You say that at eight o'clock on Christmas and you leave at midnight. Yeah. Yep. It's just kind of how it goes. And but you got to prep it. You can't just, you know, avoid that step or not do that step because then you're in a world of hurt. And then it's like you're basically sleeping over if you don't start the whelps, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, and for me, my dad's farm, we, where we would, where the, the biggest Wisconsin goodbye, the best Wisconsin goodbye person uh, I know is my father, Ron, who's a dairy farmer out in uh, by Burlington. And that guy, he could say goodbye. Uh, I, I think he's still saying goodbye to somebody right now. <laughs> half, his, half his life, all of his life in the field, the rest of his life, he sees his friends for 10 minutes and then he says goodbye to him for an hour. And it has, you've never seen anybody. On Friday night, he goes to a place called Neaters. A little shout out to Neaters in New Munster, Wisconsin, uh, for a fish fry. Uh-huh. And I've accompanied him there. And Dad and I will talk before the the lockdown. Dad and I will talk for you know once a week every Friday when he's coming home from the fish fry. He'll call me when he gets home, and we'll talk when his mom's always saying, "My fish is getting cold." Yeah. And uh, he can pack 15 because he's a farmer. He doesn't have a lot of time to waste, Charlie. Yeah. So he uh, he can pack three hours of fun in the 25 minutes. He'll have said hello to everybody in the bar. He'll have had his two drinks and he gets the heck out of there. He carries the fish and uh, he gives me the, the, the weekly report on how things are going out there in old uh, New Munster, Burlington area. You know, he's basically a journalist in that respect. He's really he's is. out there, he's talking to his sources, and he's giving you the full report. You know, he yeah, is a journalist, you are the audience. That's <laughs> so hilarious. And a happy audience at that, I might tell you. It's one of the highlights of my week. It's been nice <laughs> to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, it is. When your dad does the Midwest goodbye, what's his move like? Is he a, is he one of the guys that perches inside the the front uh, seat of the car as it's backing out? So he's kind of walking out with the car, or does he take someone to the garage to show off his snowblower in July? What does he do? I got to tell you, and I inherited this. My grandpa Don, who is one of my heroes, who, who uh, sadly passed a couple years ago, but he farmed till he was ninety two. He was one of the had more social grace than any person I knew. I mean, he was he was a uh, the the guy you walk in a room, everybody goes Don Don Don. My dad Ron the same. My dad doesn't initiate any goodbyes. Okay, my grandpa Don passed down this philosophy. He's like, if you don't stay till the end of the party. Now this is a man who got up at four in the morning his whole life. He's like, if you don't stay up to the end of the party, how do you know that you saw all the good stuff? So, you know, so they don't say it's it's usually ma and ma is more like, well, you know, maybe we should get going. Or it's like, you know, somebody else will say, 
I suppose about time. And then when four or five relatives or friends or card club people go out the door, then dad will be like, all right, well, I guess we could start going. And he's still always, I guarantee you, the last one facing the person who owns the, the establishment. He's like, yeah, all right, thanks for a good night. And that guy, even that, whether they're related or the bar owner, they're like, okay, Ron, see you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, got to say goodbye to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's I don't big- think he has a move to start it. He's just not interested in starting the goodbye. He's interested in hanging on for, for dear life to everything you have. Yeah. He's playing secret service guy. He wants to make sure that the owner always has someone with them at all times, just in yeah, case something weird happens. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. I see you had your grandma on huh? a couple weeks yeah. back. Oh, man, that was fun. That yeah, was fun. That's a good one. She was a blast to talk to. She said a lot of stuff. We had to cut out some of the stuff she said because it got a little <laughs> little weird. No, it, it, it was fun. It wasn't, it wasn't anything bad, but it was stuff where she was like, can you please cut that out? I'm like, well... If yeah, like grandma, this is what being a celebrity is like. I welcome, know it, it's like playing sheep's head. Board, board is bored. You know, you way, drop you know it. That, not, another plug. I'm not getting any uh, credit for this, but there is a sheep's head app on your iPhone. Have you ever tried to find that? <sighs> so I have not done the app, but now I'm very it's low, interested. It's pretty low grade, but it's there. It's for those it, of us stranded away. From anybody who knows how to play sheep said, I can't even get somebody to play Euchre out here for crying out loud. I'm in there, Los Angeles. There is a league in LA on Venice Beach. A friend of mine went to, but it's on Venice Beach at one of the, uh, I forget the name of the bar. It's the one where they don't have booze. So they, they don't have hard booze. So they serve oh, okay. these like weird little cocktails, Waterford or something like that. Okay. Water- Does that make sense? Yeah. You telling me that I, I'd be walking though into a, you know, I'm used to like uh, Thanksgiving de- uh, games and uh, uh, Christmas games. So I-, I don't know if I'm ready to walk into a room full of uh, sheep's head and or euchre ringers. I guess. Yeah, because then you don't know. You don't know. Well, it's euchre. Sheep's head. I- euchre is a little bit more popular. Totally. And by that, I mean you can uh, find some weird corner on Craigslist in every city where someone's playing it. Uh, sheep said though is pretty Wisconsin. I think I haven't found that outside Wisconsin at all. Have you? No, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, regional colloquialisms of Wisconsin. I, why am I interviewing you? This is what I No, do. I like it. I like okay. it. Let's roll with it. Let's yeah. Turn it around. Yeah. I want to give you one regional colloquialism that I, of, that I believe only exists. I haven't heard it in anywhere else in Wisconsin when I grew up there. And I, I was in Wisconsin for a long time. I've been out in L.A. for 10 years, but born and raised in our area, right around the new Munster Burlington area. They say up there, not up oh. there. They say uh, not up there. Uh, excuse me. That was your that's your thing. Uh, the one they say is pert near. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pert near. Yeah. Which best I could, you know, it's like, and I'm sure everybody listening, if they're from Wisconsin, has maybe heard that, but it's a, I think it's a Southern Wisconsin thing because I've never heard it up, up, up north, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but pert near, best I can understand if I may use it in a sentence. Yeah, is, please do. Yeah. It's like, hey, dad, how's the weather been down there? Ah, oh, pert near hit 85 degrees the other day. Oh, so, nice. Nice. Uh, Perty nearly is the best I can figure how that became but that's pert near that's our thing so instead of saying just about you say pert near pert near yeah, yeah. pert yeah. near work that into the repertoire man no get, i get, I, get. I like that it also sounds like a fine liqueur uh and and ladies and gentlemen this is our pert near 
Uh, you know, it's a 12 year old pertinier. Yeah. (laughs) This is our uh, 12 year aged in bourbon barrel pertinier. Uh, you're welcome. A nice tawny port pertinier, 20 years old. Maybe we Uh, just come up with a or a a brandy called pertinier brandy, you know, you know, anybody wants to start working a brandy brand with me out here in LA, I'll, I'll be all over it because I can't get a brandy old fashioned out here to save my life. Mm -hmm. I mean. That's it's, always the problem. They're always like, do you mean bourbon? I'm like, no. Did I no. say bourbon? No. I, lo- if I-, I love your thing where you showed people how to make proper old-fashioned. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm a fan. Yeah. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm glad you like that. I, I For whatever reason, that video really took off last I think because it was quarantine and everyone was trying to get drunk. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that, uh, that really took off. So, thanks. I'm glad you like that. Uh, now listen, your, your dad. Okay. So it's Don is your grandpa. Yep. Don Ron, Ron is your dad. Ron. Yep. Okay. And both of them dairy farmers. Yep. And then That's you cool. decide to take a left turn from that. First of all, what, what was your experience dairy farming growing up? Oh man, it was, it was peaceful. You know, uh, it actually, it, it curates a lot of, uh, good, good habits, you know, hard work, uh, it actually works with being in a band, which is what I do for a living. It's like um, they're actually a lot similar in the fact that you're locked into a place isolated with these people and you have to get along. So you got to work together well. You got to get along in leisure time well. You share the same sleeping area, you know, um, and it just teaches you how to be close, how to st- mind your own business a little bit. You know, don't get up in everybody else's business, you know, let people live their lives and uh to to be kind and and uh for a kid though i think my dreams took root uh pun intended uh, on the farm I, I would just drive you know you get set out on it i mean for a kid you know you kids would be playing trucks on when i was in like third fourth grade and i was getting put i'm sure you couldn't do this anymore but i was getting put on a tractor and raking hay i mean you're you're in fourth fifth grade or third grade or whatever raking you know driving a little tractor like that was a dream come true. And I just sit out there and daydream and uh, you just had a lot of time to imagine, use your imagination. And, uh, and uh, one of the dreams I had was to play music. I, I remember the moment I realized I could sing, I was sitting in a, a, a corn wagon, like shell corn wagon. It's a tin wagon. And uh, if you get, we used to love like kids just jump down in there cause it would echo. And I sang something. And I heard my voice bounce back at me, and I'm like, I was like, I think I'm on. I think that sounds like singing. And that was the first time I realized I could sing was sitting in the bottom of a corn wagon. I've never actually admitted that ever. This is a premiere here on on uh, Christ. I love that. That's cool because especially back then, it's not like we had a. You know, a ton of cell phones and all that stuff. At no. least I didn't growing up. I think you're around oh. my age, and. Yeah. Uh, and so you're not like used to hearing your voice so much. And so to hear that, usually when people hear their voice, so they're like, oh, I'm never I never want to do that again. But you heard something kind of cool. What song were you singing? I think it might have been like, you know, uh, one of the, it might have been like, uh, I think it might have been the Star Spangled Banner, America Beautiful or something. What some a 12 year old kid would sing, you know, That's because, so wholesome. Yeah, I know. I, well, I was a wholesome child, man. What can I say? You know, but. <laughs> What else are you going to do? We had we had no cable until I was in like fifth grade. We definitely didn't have cell phones, you know, 
-hmm. I grew up kind of in a time warp, which, you know, my, my first grade class had three boys in it plus me, you know, it's like, that was it. So it's like, it was kind of a, I kind of got a window into a, a time that really, I don't know if it really, you know, is out there anymore. So, uh, and then now living in LA, I've kind of seen the whole spectrum of the deal, you know? So, yeah, I mean, so you, you get that initial hit and that inspiration and I mm -hmm. think pausing there, it's kind of important to note too. That's such a, uh, I think it's a blessing to not have all those distractions. Cause I think like, as you're saying, when you're bored, when you daydream, that's sort of where I find creativity really comes. It's not when you're always doing stuff where every spare moment is on your phone. That's like the death of creativity. So I just think it's yeah. a blessing to uh, be able to grow up under those circumstances. So that's when the initial inspiration takes hold. How did you sort of foster that interest in music and singing from that point on? Well, I went home and we had a little tape deck and I recorded myself singing the song. And I went from a lot of belief in myself to the reaction you're talking about. All of a sudden, uh -huh. I'm like, oh, I sound terrible. I sound horrible, you know, because uh, there was a little thing going on in that uh, that little corn uh, a corn wagon that I learned about later in life. Reverb. Yeah. <laughs> Reverb. That makes your voice sound good. So when I was standing in my room recording in a tape deck, just dry, it was like, I was like, what, 11, 12. So my voice was changing and it's cracking. I'm like, oh, I can't sing. But that made me want to play guitar. And uh, I just, uh, I remember just got obsessed with guitars. Some kid moved into our school. He had a, a Stratocaster. I spent the night at his house and he wanted to hang out. And I just sat there with the guitar, like strumming it. I didn't even know how to put my fingers on it or anything, you know. And uh, mom and dad, uh, for my eighth grade graduation, uh, you know, plunked down 150 bucks for a guitar and an amp. And that was the end of, that was the end of me. I was, it was I never stopped. I played every spare second I had, I, I played and then got in a band with my brother, you know, he's getting the garage, open the garage door to the pasture. Our first, my, the, the, the first audience I had literally was a bunch of fuzzy on looking cows, which are a very docile yet attentive audience. You know, once <laughs> understand you're not coming to get them. Uh, and, uh, we, it's one night, uh, the guy who was singing in a band, he was like, I can't sing. I stepped up to the microphone. I started singing. We recorded it. And somehow between 12 and 15, 16, I must've figured out how to sing on key. So I was like, all right, I'm a singer now. And that's how I became a singer. Would have, otherwise, I'd probably never have done it. It's funny you got a guitar for eighth grade graduation. First of all, I think I got my first guitar for eighth grade graduation. Uh, what what kind of guitar was it? It was an Epiphone. Uh, like Ep kind of, it was a real piece of junk. I mean, yeah. it, 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 one of my biggest regrets is I sold it as a kid because, you know, I work on a farm and I think at first I got paid like a buck an hour. And then Ma was like, you got to put 50 cents away for the college fund. So I'm getting, <laughs> so this is teaching me saving, which is great. You know, yeah. but it's hard to pile up guitar money for 50 cents an hour. Well, once I had gotten like, you know, a couple hundred bucks, my like caved in, she's like, Oh, we'll help you get a, a better guitar. And then I said, well, we can take this one and sell it. So I traded it and got a new one and uh, got a little, like kind of like a make believe Les Paul, I believe it was. And yeah, uh, and that was that. I, I felt like a rock star there. 
So that's awesome. I, I love that story. Uh, I, I also not to, I feel like so much of our childhoods are matching here. We had a 10% rule where you could only spend 10% of your money and then the Woo! rest of it. I know that was tough. That was a well, tough. Uh, were you working for a dollar an hour? That's what I want. No, I was I was cutting lawns. So I was cutting lawns and I targeted the uh, wealthy. So I uh, I I tried to tried to find the uh, I, I learned networking really quick. Although I don't think I was getting paid a wealthy man's wage at that time. I know I wasn't. I was cutting out way too many lawns for that uh, to be getting paid a lot for any one particular lawn. Anyway, so you you get it, you get this uh, guitar, and at some point, is there ever like a push and pull? Because you come from a long line of farmers, so is there ever like a push to be a farmer yourself, uh, or was it always find your own dreams in your house? Find your own dreams, uh, absolutely find your own dreams. Um, uh, Mom, dad, we were a very musical family, though my parents neither of them played nor sang. My grandpa Don sang a lot. He was actually the first guy I ever saw play an instrument live in front of me. It was an accordion. And he sang, oh. sang Roll Out the Barrel and like Tick Tock Polka. And he sang, uh, he also could do a mean uh, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain on that. Really? Thing. Yeah, he, he was pretty versatile. But he had, uh, I remember I was, it's, I mean, I can't even tell you how young I was. I was probably four or five years old, but it was that powerful of a thing to have like this, this, person that's your grandpa that you you know grandpa don was a farmer he's huge towering man at the time and uh he picks up this thing and all this noise starts coming out of it and then he started singing i i, I was blown away by that my parents dad all in the, the 5088 our tractor that he'd work in i'd go sit on the armrest you know when i was like seven eight he put on the best of the doobies or credence or hendrix or you know whatever the boss he loved springsteen and um, so they, when I got my guitar, I, I started saying crazy stuff right away. Like the stuff that a lot, I think a lot of kids said, but I really, I really meant it. I was like, I'm going to play guitar for a living. And, uh, nobody ever laughed at me. Nobody ever said you couldn't do it. They just, I think they, my parents kind of took the attitude. It's like, well, go try. It's a hard life, you know? And they, uh, they were great that way. They were like, go figure it out. If you can do it, you do it. If you can't do it, have a backup plan. So, you know, um, the, the agreement in my house was as I got towards the end of high school, I busted it out on my mom. Like, I'm going to move, you know, I think I said to Chicago or something. And and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be in a band. And yeah. I was 18 and or 17. And she's like, just said, no, 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 no. Go to college and then you'll never say another word about it. So I went to UW Milwaukee and started bands out there and uh got my degree and then i i i've been on the band thing ever since and they've never done anything but support me that's you know? awesome they're that, great, that, great parents i'm very fortunate that way you know i was very fortunate uh, there was never any get a real i mean i was working my butt off too though you know i mean in my family the only thing that you know re love respect all comes through work yeah so if you're not working hard they're like they will get on you they'll be like so I just figured as long as I looked like I was busting my tail end, I, I'd be fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, real quick, can you hear this on my end, the rain coming down or no? I can shut the window. You can hear a little distract. something happening here. You can? Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut the window just so, well, 
Whatever. Nice ambiance. It's an, yeah, it is. Now that I've announced it to the audience and they're now like, is that a weird uh, microphone blip? I don't know. Well, during that Grandma Sue interview, uh, during the video portion anyway, it was raining the whole time. So it's a normal thing here. I think that's really cool that they uh, were supportive of that. And would farming be like, like, let's say music didn't take off. Would farming have been your fallback? Or, uh, w- or is that something you grew up doing but really don't have an interest in uh, doing again. I, uh, I'm like my dad, the funny thing I found out is he's more interested in the, the field than the, than, than the animal aspect. And then, mm-hmm. um, my brothers, Brian and Mark boss, they both work on a farm too. Huge bucks fans, by the way, we'll get oh, to that later. Geez, Congratulations. Yeah. For yeah, seriously. What Amazing. a, what a win for the city. Unbelievable. But to complete this thought and then, Hey, I'll talk about that too. I'll talk about anything. But, um, they, uh, uh, what the heck was it called? Oh yeah. Farming. Uh, I, I couldn't do it, man. Um, not because I'm not interested, but farming is not a job, not dairy farming. It's a mm-hmm. way of life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you are up every 12 hours. Those animals need you to be there. And, uh, if you're not there, you can't, it's just not, it's not even possible. It's mm-hmm. like you, a farmer, a, a farmers don't even think about it that way. It's just like, it has to be this way. It's just their way of life. And I grew up with people who loved that. And I recognized what loving your job was. And I knew it was not for me pretty early on. Um, even though I did love the farm, I really did. And I still do. It's my favorite place on earth. I'm going to go back and visit them before we go out on tour. And I'm going to stay on the farm for a few days. And I'll probably mess some stuff up and, mm-hmm. you know, do some things wrong but I, I like to i like to go back there and you know get grounded uh, in in with the, the system of the farm and just kind of remember all those lessons you know yeah it's a great point to bring up because there's really not a vacation as a farmer it's much harder to take a vacation because you got to get someone who yep. knows how to do your farm specifically yep. and get them to just take over and usually they're a farmer themselves and that means they're doing twice the work which is i mean did you take a lot of vacations as a kid or yeah we how'd did. that work my dad milked on his on his wedding day what's morning. that my dad milked in the morning on his wedding day because he couldn't get somebody to come in um and then he got the shift off that night and they went to wisconsin dells which is where we used to go oh Old dells school. is great Oh, old school Dells, like Tommy Bartlett's robot world, like where you'd go to the house of tomorrow and it was like from 20 years ago. You're like, this is you're like as a kid walking through the house of tomorrow and it's like somebody's vision of the future from the 60s. So it looks like (laughs) Jetsons meets like, I I don't know, uh, I don't know, some something. It's like, ooh, color TVs. It's like we're like, dude, we have VCRs. What are you talking (laughs) about? And that I heard the Bartlett ski show recently uh, stopped. Is this yeah. true? Really? Can you tell me the truth? Is this true? Yeah, this is unfortunately true. Tommy Bartlett, uh, the Tommy Bartlett Ski and Sky show is no longer. They had to sell due to COVID. They couldn't keep it up. But I do think it's a great name. It's a great infrastructure. I think somebody, the right buyer is going to come by and bring it back to life, you know? 
I don't know if, if, if it's as mystifying to see the dancing waters, you know, as it was when we were kids, you know, when kids can play video games with VR, you know, the, the virtual reality video game. I don't know if the dancing waters is really cutting it anymore, but hey, that was a that was a good night of entertainment. I'm telling you right now. You know, I've been involved in some ski shows, actually, and uh, I actually went off a jump uh, a couple times. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more entertaining. Funny, a, you can ski. I can ski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A chug a beer. Yeah. Ski. With a beer and ski, the old beer ski. Uh, and wow. I'll tell you, there's nothing more gratifying than watching somebody go ass over tea kettle on one of those jumps. So I think from that perspective alone, it's a solid business model. I'm really trying to pump people up out there to uh, perhaps take, you know, take that financial risk, which I think is just not a risk oh. at all. And oh, get. Tommy Bartlett back to life. Cash waiting to happen. Exactly. When was it uh, in your music career where you were like, okay, I'm, this, is, this is now not a, just a passion, it's a job. Uh, where were you at that point? What was the moment where you knew you could do it for a living? Well, there's two different targets there. There's mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Mentally, 14. Uh, sitting on the edge of my bed, I made a promise to myself. I was like, uh, I remember I saw a Farm Aid concert. I'm like, I'm going to play Farm Aid. And I told my dad that. I said, Dad, you bought me this guitar. I'm going to play Farm Aid, which we did do last year. Um, and uh, I had a promise to myself, which seemed like a really stupid promise for a while. And so when, here's a little piece of thing. When you make a decision about what you're going to do for a living at 14, and it's a crazy thing to think about, like, oh, I'm going to be, it's like, it's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to play music for a living. I'm going to be in a touring band. I'm going to be in a rock and roll band. That's a 14 year old's dream, right? To make it a grown person's reality is a whole different ball game, right? So I made this promise to myself. I was like, I wanted to see Europe. You know, I thought about doing the foreign exchange program where you like one kid goes to Burlington and one kid goes to Italy. And I was like, no, I will not go anywhere until my guitar takes me there. So I didn't go very far for a long time. (laughs) But now I've been all over the world with it. And it took almost 18 years or so, more than that, to to see that that payoff. You know, so um, when I... Finally, man, there were times I was making, it depends on what you call a living, man. Do you call like barely paying your rent and eating ramen noodles like their Thanksgiving dinner a living? Because <laughs> I did that pretty early. And then I went broke as hell and had to start teaching guitar. And I found a lot of rewards through that. Had a school uh, out near Oconomowoc uh, where I still have a lot of teacher, uh, a lot of uh, students that were then kids and now have grown to be you know in their 20s or whatever and there's one or two of their parents stay in touch with me and I'll get a message from the kid every once in a while and it's, it was one of the most rewarding things I ever did then when I moved to LA because my wife got a job at the LA Times she wanted to move out here we were married we got married in Wisconsin in Milwaukee we'd been together since college she was a waitress I was hosting an open mic and working at Wade's guitar shop in Milwaukee oh you know? nice Nice. There's a love story right there. Yeah. I got my dream job from college. Wade would let me work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and then I would tour Thursday, Friday, Saturday. By tour, I mean I'd go play Green Bay. I'd go play, you know, the big 
trip we'd take is we'd get to Chicago or Bowling Green, Ohio, for some odd reason, had a bar down there that just loved us. We'd go take the trip to Bowling Green. And I did that for a long time. And uh, when I moved out here, I hadn't had a boss in a while. You know, I had been doing it my own way and the guitar school was, you know, you're an independent contractor, so you're kind of your own boss. And uh, well, you are your own boss. And uh, I got out here and like Uber and Lyft didn't exist yet. If that would have happened, it would have been a piece of cake. I'd have just been like, Uber, I'm an Uber driver. I'm an Uber right. driver. I, like it. I didn't have that. So I, I worked for a moving company. I remember I was the guy. Do you remember being in high school? If you ever, I was a guy who had to deliver the pizza to the room full of high school students. We're all looking at you and going, you know, this guy's clearly in his 30s. And like, <laughs> how is he delivering pizzas to this room right now? You know what I mean? <laughs> no disrespect. Yeah. I'm just saying that's where I was at. And clearly, when you just heard me have this, like, what sounds like such a triumphant dream, that's where I was at after 12, 13, 14, 15 years of doing it, delivering yeah. pizzas in L.A. to a group of high school kids who were making fun of me. I mean, mm. flat out, just like, <laughs> you know, that was pretty low moment, you know, Yeah. I turned her around, man. I found my two guys and, uh, we started, we just went at it and, uh, I, I started making a living at it about eight years ago out here and I haven't stopped. So now that's all I do. And what was your initial and ramen noodles anymore? Yeah. <laughs> actually have a home <laughs> but occasionally it's still fun to toss a bag of ramen and some hot oh, water i got them i happens. always have them uh, hanging around that away my go-to is after a, a bar situation is to put some ramen in and then crack an egg in it that that goes Ooh. good yeah oh man i was always a pizza guy pizza like would be the way to go i a ramen with an egg on it that sounds that sounds a uh, complicated or that systems are different bro you let the hot water cook the egg boil the egg oh yeah I, so that's I visualize it. yeah it's tasty you you try that the next time you you've had a couple two tree too many oh it's friday yeah <laughs> uh, I, got, I got i got ramen we'll, we'll see maybe i'll do you have this? Do you, is this named after you, this move? Or is oh, this no. This is a move that my buddy, actually, his buddy of mine, um, where was I? I think it was in Madison, probably. Madison or just oh, yeah. outside. of This was a college situation. Yeah, that. this was his go-to move. And then another buddy of mine showed me that if you uh, microwave an egg, it just turns into a, a normal egg. You That's know? Right. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't know either. That I learned when I was far too old. I was 23 it's when I was. It's not Gordon Ramsay approved like gourmet, but you know, yeah. hey. Honestly, it, it tastes just the same. I can't tell. I can't tell at all, you know? Jeepers Cripes, folks. Excuse the interruption, but I got to tell you right now about the title sponsor of this podcast, Jolly Good. Now, Jolly Good has six packs now in select flavors at Festival Foods, Woodman's, and Piggly Wiggly. That's right. And if you go into one of them, you can't find the Jolly Good. Just go up to the mantra and say, geez, Louise, why are you screwing the pooch? Where's the Jolly Good? And then they'll they'll put it on the shelves. And if that manager looks at you funny because he just says screw the pooch, well, then you're going to have to find someone else because he's not from Wisconsin. Also, folks, I want to shout out another Wisconsin-based company. That's Duluth Trading Company. Yes, named after Duluth in Minnesota, but they're now headquartered in Wisconsin because, you know, even Duluth wants to be in Wisconsin. Did I offend somebody in Minnesota? Well, you're going to have to get a better NFL team. Okay, anyway, are you sick of clothes holding you back? Tired of fashion before function model of clothing? 
Just need to add a little can-do to your closet? Well, perfect. Duluth's got you covered with ingenuity built into every product from the crouch gusset that lets you squat to flexing fabrics that get you out of a bind to underwear so comfortable. We promise you'll wonder if you even remembered to put it on. And folks, that's true. I don't know if I'm wearing underwear right now. Now that I check, yes, I am. Duluth. Go buck naked, it says. So there you go. It's true what they says, folks. Also, I will say when I caught my muskie, I was wearing an Alaskan hard gear shirt, which is one of the loose companies. They have many brands under their umbrella. Alaskan hard gear is one of them. I was wearing one of those shirts. They're nice. They protect you from the sun, you know, and, and I need that because uh, I'm a little white. I'll be honest with you. I haven't gotten enough vitamin D the natural way, right? It's D you get from the sun, right? I don't know. I don't have internet up here. So, you know, I can't be held accountable for any facts. Okie dokes. What am I doing? Oh, we're going back to the podcast. That's right. Okie dokes back to the podcast. What was your first big thing, uh, though, to take off where uh, you got your initial hit of commercial success? We landed a couple. uh, We got placed before we got signed in a couple of commercials, which was kind of cool. But like, you know, that's not that that's cool because it brings in some money and then we could hit the road. But it was after we got signed to Concord. Uh, records mm-hmm. we, we were on tour with uh brian setzer orchestra and mm-hmm. uh, uh in detroit at the fox theater we were just for some odd reason our music really connected with his audience and uh we were just a three-piece of trio playing rock and roll you know and uh it was bare bones just tried to make the songs good as we could and play with as much energy as we could uh and that night you know at the fox we were fortunate we the girl who sold merch for Brian was uh, helped us sell ours. So we had CDs. This was like 2000. So they were still buying CDs. This crowd was, and we would sell out of them every night. So the Fox had this thing where they, they like kind of put out, we were thought it was nuts. They had like roped off like velvet ropes and had us at the end of it. Like, so we play our set. I'd be like, we're back there. We're going to sell our CDs. We'll be hanging out. Come meet us. And for some odd reason that night, like it looked like a ride at Six Flags, you know, I mean, it like it was just it was like 100, 200 people waiting for CDs and these label guys are there and they're like, hey, something's going on here. Yeah, and we got to we it, uh, after a while, they all come out and see us in L.A. play. And uh, the guy that was running a label, John, at the time, he, he shipped. We did it the old school way. He said, I want to sign in my label. I said, sounds good to me. And he stuck out his hand and I shook it and I said, let's let the rest of them work it out. And they worked the paperwork up, put my name down. And uh, then we put out our first single off the ground and um, was out in New York. And the lady, Karen, who was doing the radio stuff, she said, your song's going to chart. And I laughed because I thought she was joking because like, you got to understand when I come to L.A., they're like, oh, the crowds out here are tough. I'm like, look, man. I've, I've done nothing, Charlie, but play original music my whole life. I'm like, you think that an L.A. crowd is tough to play a 45-minute set in front of an L.A. crowd? Have you ever gone and played Green Bay, Wisconsin for four hours where you refuse <laughs> to play covers and there's five guys in this bar? That Free just, bird! Like, yeah, they just want their Friday night to not suck and they're sitting as far away from you as possible. Like, now that's a tough crowd, you know? <laughs> Even if they're quiet, you're like, I know I'm ruining these people's nights. Yeah. <laughs> 
and then off the ground went up and hit number one on a chart and uh you know it it, it kind of changed things pretty quick for us all of a sudden we went from we showed up and it was one of the when I tell a story, it, it, I don't really think about it much, but now that I'm telling it, it, it almost sounds far-fetched, but we showed up and uh, we had our first headlining gig because we were supporting other bands and the song had climbed up the charts and uh, we played in DC at this place called the Rock and Roll Hotel and it was capacity of like 250 people. We had never played DC, so we're like, this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, you know, it's just going to be meaning in a bad way. Like, yeah. there's going to be three people here. It's going to be terrible. You know, we'd all been through that. And all of a sudden, we got there, and we got welcomed by the, the promoter. Like, welcome to Rock and Roll Hotel. And we're like, why is this guy being so nice to us? Because we're yeah. used to people being heartbroken and disappointed that yeah. we're losing the money. And he's like, we're like, well, how do the ticket sales go? And he's like, sold out, man. And I was wow. like, what? Sold out. And I mean, it's still 200 people, but 200, we're from LA and this is Washington, DC. I've never done anything like that at the time. And uh, that was the beginning of a whole different ball game. We came back to Milwaukee where I'd played a hundred million times. And uh, I, you see my Milwaukee shirt. I mean, I still yeah. Represent Wisconsin. I still got a four one four area code on my phone. I never dumped that man. I love that. I love that. And uh, we've sold out Turner Hall, you know. And it, it that was like, you know, for a guy who for years had to beg his friends to come to see shows, or you know, got it. It, it was pretty moving, man. So, yeah. I don't know if that answered the question. I no that yeah. that definitely answered uh, the question. I guess creatively, uh, you're doing a type of music that is you know kind of comes in and out. in the age of tiktok do you find yourself having to rethink how you promote music because i feel like the days of you know maybe touring and building an audience off of opening for somebody and getting yeah. that line like you got i mean that it's probably much of a rarer situation as opposed to these days where your song has to pop on TikTok or something. Is yeah. that kind of the deal? Well, I mean, it's, you know, the thing about it is that is definitely true. You know, uh, TikTok, and we're just starting on that. I mean, you know, um, Valerie, my wife works in, now she works over at Sony Pictures and she worked at the Ellen Show for a while. And she would tell me, TikTok's going to be where it's at in like two years, like two years ago, she said this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I don't want to be on there doing a dance or some stuff like that. But, you know, this is the way I look at it. If you were a lamplighter and electricity gets invented and you say, I'm sticking to my guns, man. My father was a lamplighter. My grandfather was a lamplighter. I'm going to be a lamplighter. You're not going to be a lamplighter. You're going to be out of business. Mm -hmm. Get with the times. Now, that, this is the thing that I think is important across all factions of art. Um, stay true to you. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself. You know, mm -hmm. don't take yourself so damn seriously. I think that's a great thing about it. And, uh, you know, be willing to learn. So, like, I, it's funny. Yesterday, I spent, like, three hours trying to figure out how to make a uh, tip. T I almost said stupid TikTok video. But I, it did feel that way to me while yeah. I was making it. Whenever you learn something new, I used to say this to my adult guitar students. It's like the worst people to try and learn a new skill are adults because they don't like feeling foolish. Kids are used to feeling like, hey, they're getting told all the time. That's not the way you do it. Do it this way. That's not. So they're really they absorb the information. 
Right. Adults were like, man, I can do this complicated thing over here. And, and now I can't do this simple thing over here. But if you don't fly into the face of that, you're not going to learn. So I, I was joking with my wife yesterday. I'm like, a nine-year-old kid, our, our nephew, probably could have made this in five minutes. It took me four hours, but I'm going to learn. Yeah. I'm going to be good at doing it because it's part of the job now. So Yeah. And I know. think it's a creative I it, like I always compare it to like improv, like when you go see an improv show, there's a bunch of different improv games, you know, and yeah. you, you don't have to like every game, but they're all great ways of engaging the audience, I suppose. So it's just a different game, comedic well, game, or in your case, musical game. Well, look uh, at a guy play. like you. I mean, your career and, and not that, you know, I want to frame it in that way, but what you do wouldn't have existed. Oh, hell no. And no. 20 years ago, now, the, 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 you know, you bring joy and laughter and, and, and happiness to people through a new medium, you know, and I, you know, that's so maybe you can give me some advice because good God, I'm, you know, I'll teach you how to play a few songs. You teach me how to, you know, get a video that's got more than seven plays. I'd be. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to figure out how to do it with TikTok. I, I think comedy is probably the easiest way to do it because all you're thinking with TikTok is. What's going to get somebody to share this? And then, so really, if you can make a sort of a comedic trend or something, find like a, uh, like I did this one video, for instance, where, and mind you, I'm not super great at TikTok, but there was this one video we did where I was 34 and I was just thinking about it as I was biking. Uh, And I'm like, shoot, I'm 34. Wait, 20 years ago? I was in high school. What? You know, which is like, it's usually you're thinking when you graduate high school. But I was, so anyway, it was kind of an interesting thought or observation. So I just made, I put that on the screen. And the uh, thing I was saying was like, what? Oh, no, 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 no. Wait. Oh, and then said, you know, bleep out the F word or whatever. And that, that phrase was almost, and this is where I think it relates musically, is that phrase is almost like, uh, something people can then repeat, you know, that they, they can uh, mouth it, they can lip sync those words. So if you can get like a catchy um, yep. kind of thing to say, you know, uh, like a chorus, but just using words, something yep. people can easily replicate and then have your song be the tone underneath. And then if your thing takes off, then the song takes off with it. I think that's how to do it. But I, maybe I'm thinking too much about it too. Yeah, that was some good sage-like advice, everybody out here. I actually wrote down what you what you said. That's oh, what nice. I, I wrote, "What's gonna get somebody to share this?" So you just taught right. me. Something. Well, good. Thing. Keep your in- as an artist, I think you got to keep your antenna up. Yeah. Don't be resistant, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. and also, like one of the things that I think has been great is growing up in Wisconsin and having deep roots. And then getting out in the, into the rest of the world, I took on a perspective of, I, you know, like I had never had a, a you know, I know Barnacle Buds does a good oyster, but I had never tried it, you know, uh, in Milwaukee. Yeah. But uh, I'd never had sushi, really. I'd never had. And out here, I'll like, I came out here. I was like, if it, I'll try anything. I'm like, I, my wife was laughing because we I had a sashimi plate and I ate everything on this plate. And sashimi for the, my dad just cringes at this uh sashimi is if just in case somebody says what the heck is he talking about it's sushi but it's just straight up fillets of raw fish piles of fish eggs 
little minnows. Uh, you'll see the tentacle of an octopus, you know, and I just ate it all. I'm like, I'm just going to, and it was amazing, you know, and I'm like, if you turn yourself off to, to, to new people and new experiences and new things, the educating mind and the soul doesn't get nourished, I don't think, you know, and it's like when you're alone and you're away from your family, you have to fill, you, nothing can replace that void, but it's funny if you go open hearted and you start, I had a guy from Uganda drive me the other night home and I, I asked him to speak to me. I said, he was so sweet and he could, and we were talking, but we couldn't get too deep in the conversation. But I said, could you just speak Ugandan to me? Tell me something about you growing up in Ugandan with as much passion as you can. And I'm going to just listen. Yeah. I had no idea what he said, but it moved me somehow. And when we got out, you know, it was like hand slap, you know, I love you, man. And it's like, you just got to keep yourself open, I think, to, to the beauty of everything out there. Now, I've also had stuff that, you know, some foods out here that I won't have again. A kale, I still can't develop a taste for that. Also, Wisconsin, when I came out here, they some I asked somebody, oh, are you a vegetarian? He said, no, I'm a pescatarian. Now I know what that is. But at the time, I'm like, what the heck is a pescatarian? I mean, I was like, you know, I'm eating brats and, and hamburgers thinking that's a main food group when I moved out here, which to me, it still is. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I love that point. And it may seem it's almost like if you vision uh, life is sort of like a puzzle and you're just one piece of it. But to truly the best part of a puzzle is making it with all the other pieces and then looking at the completed thing. And, you know, if you approach it like you're just a piece in the puzzle, you'll be open to that sort of stuff. But if you close it off, your life experience is going to be limited. And, you know, a lot of people who do. If that's what you want. It, that's yeah. cool, too. That's just, you know, I think we're all built different. I think the big thing is, is like, I'm not perfect. I'll mm -hmm. say that to every I and I, I just I go into every experience with the knowledge. My mom drove that into me. You're no better. You know, you are not perfect. You know, and I make so many mistakes every day, you mm -hmm. know, uh, but I know everybody else does too. So it, I try to live with some love there and Giannis. Oh man. He hit me with this one, by the way, again, the box. Yeah. Whoa. We, I think it's time to talk about the box. We brought it up like a few different times. Are you about to yeah. talk about Giannis's mentality leading up to this? Yes. He said yeah. something that's so big, man. And it's been something I've been, I've been working on out here. It's he's like, I'm trying to stay present, man. I'm just staying in the moment. I'm staying. I remember uh, hearing his interview right before game six. And it's at 26 to be that, you know, why, though, he has he has a vast experience that's so great in a supportive family. And he's got such character and beauty inside him. And he knew hard work curates greatness, you know, talent. That's why I think the best. Other than being cold, you're kind, sweet, loving. All that still stems back to the same word to me, work. Decisions mm -hmm. to work on something. Yeah. He made the decision to do that. And in the interview, he goes, I'm starting to stay in the present. And there was a powerful line I heard. And I just, it's just one of those things that's one plus one equals two to me. I'm making a statement, Charlie. God help mm -hmm. us all. Here we go. Think, try and tell me this is wrong. I can't think of any way it's wrong. I'll ask you a question. Can you change the future? No. Pass. Oh, can wait, 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 wait. I thought you said past. Can you change the yeah. future? Can you change Maybe. the past? Maybe. I meant to ask. You, you can't, can't change, change the past. All right. 
You want to start over? You want to start over so we get this into one concise soundbite? Like like your future documentary, they're probably going to take this moment. So let's start over. And okay. And I'm I'm directing your documentary, although I am living in the future by doing this, but that's okay just for the purpose of this. I'm living in the present. Okay. I'm director and action. Charlie, one thing can you change your past? Nope. You can learn from it, though, right? Yes, you can. How do you change your future or the direction of your life? Uh, how? I, I'm going right to say... now. It, by, it, let, me, let me cast this out to you. I don't care what your background is, what you believe in, don't believe in. Think about this. Feel it. Because I didn't come up with this. This is not mine. It's just something I heard that I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is the way I think of it. The only time you can actually do anything, and this goes back to the Giannis thing where he says, I'm going to be in the present. The only time in your life you can actually affect your life is this second. Mm-hmm. It's the only time that it actually exists. So if I'm thinking back, when I am in this moment with you, we are aligned with everything that is happening in the world and the universe to the unknown reaches and back. If I think about the past, what we just did five minutes ago, that takes the whole universe and puts it between my ears, which is an infinitely smaller space. Wouldn't we agree? Yes. Yes. And and it's mine. Some are smaller than most, and mine is pretty. <laughs> the space between my ears. Is pretty <laughs> but but now, if you think about the future, you're taking the past in the now, and you're projecting what you think forward. Mm-hmm. So it's even a smaller window. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I find, and what I think Giannis was trying to say. And what it's taught me, I'm only speaking for myself, is that guy achieved greatness. And the way he did it is by caring about the moment he lived. It's like, mm-hmm. if I'm in front of you, am I giving you everything I got right now? Am I listening? Am I being with you? Or am I thinking about what I got to do this afternoon? Mm-hmm. You, you rob the person you're with of a little bit of their spirit. And it's helped. Uh, it helps you connect. And that's why I think like when I look at that guy, I don't know him. I've never met him. But what I learned from witnessing what he did, and I think people, the humility, everything, he chooses to see the beauty in people. He chooses to believe. He chooses to be good. He chooses to work. He chooses to hug kids who give him artwork. I just saw this video of a little girl who's 11 years old giving him some artwork. This is a famous multi-million dollar athlete. And he just got up, hugs the kid, and it was completely genuine. That's because he, at that moment, he wasn't the guy in the poster slam dunking. He was receiving a gift from a child that made him feel good. And he gave that kid his best. And that's why there are going to be statues of that guy. And people are going to talk about him way past all of our lifetimes. And I, he's just getting started. So what a thrill, Milwaukee. I watched the parade from here. Amazing. I'm so stoked for y'all it, 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 and the Bucks. It, it's great. I, yeah, I went I went to the parade and, and, and watched it and it was it was so cool to see. And yeah, you you just you see him <laughs> you see him up there. You know, he's on this parade float, but he's just acting like a normal guy, you yeah. know. And then uh you see the video of him going to Chick-fil-A the yeah. uh the day after and getting Unbelievable. Let's a kid touch the trophy, right? Yeah. <laughs> He takes a trophy to Chick-fil-A. It's hilarious. Definitely a a man of the people, but he comes from a humble place. Teammate, you know, he knew when his greatness truly came out. That's another thing. Like 
what you do. I'm sure you've got people that, that help you, or I don't know, maybe you're just- Oh, a- no, I have a ton of people that help me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, whether you're in a job, on a farm, uh, in a band, on a mm-hmm. basketball team, in a, a business, sell, you know, changing oil, selling car titles, freaking building houses, you don't do it alone. And right. when you give, when you see the talents and the people around you and are humble enough to go, you know, I, I had to do this on this new record. Our bass player is a great guitar player. And I was like, people have been hearing me play guitar for 20 years. You play a little. And he played some of the best stuff on this new record we just did. And it's all because I was like, I'm not going to define myself. You're be- right now, what you got to say is important. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. When Don- Giannis dishes to Middleton or Drew Holiday is having a, a night where he's not shooting that well, but he's just down there grabbing a ball out of Booker's hands and, you know, that play you? five. Holy crap. That's all. Teamwork is seeing where you need help and accepting that you can pass that to somebody else and give them. And when they succeed, you succeed. And that is equal shared joy. And I think that's a big lesson, too, from this Bucks team and, and this series. And uh, I don't know when they said you and your three brothers or you and your brothers are all champions. And he goes, "Woo!" Yeah. did you see that? In the post yeah. That's the yeah. most honest woo. Because he's living in the moment. It just was like at that moment, he finally realized, oh, yeah, at the dinner table, I'm going to be able to talk about my trophy, too, now. Yeah. I don't know. No, it, what was it, your favorite part? It was actually it was that speech that you brought up. And unfortunately, I can't remember his exact words, but he was talking about being in the past, that being sort of that, those were your accomplishments. So what is that? That's your ego. And then uh, and then in the I forget what the future was, but it's something in addition to it, uh, to ego, you know, like if you're looking at the things you have accomplished, that's your ego and that's going to keep you small. If you're looking at the things you uh, can accomplish, that's almost like your, um, I don't know, maybe uh, whatever it is. It's some, it's not something great, but yeah, it all happens in the moment. And that's something, you know, I think as a entertainer, I find this, I'm sure you find this. There are so many things that are constantly pulling you out of the present, like thinking, oh, have I done enough uh, TikToks or reels or short form? And have I uh, paid this bill or that bill? And am I getting this video done for that? Do I have my show ready for tomorrow? All those things constantly pulling you out. And if you keep trying to do it all yourself, well, I've done that a number of times and you're going to fall on your face. So you got to reach out. You need to have the humility to say, I can't do this, you know, without other people. And then, you know, uh, really try and treat them as best as you can and, uh, and, you know, go forward. And then when you are in the moment, just I've always found on this, the last thing I'll say on it, that when you do stay in the moment, you come up with an idea that solves all the other problems, you know? Yeah, you may not have the the release schedule that you wanted, the consistency, perhaps, but maybe just taking a second to chill allows your brain to free up, and that boredom that we were talking about earlier on leads to the creativity that allows you to make something that gets like 15 million views or whatever. At least yep. that's happened for me and it's a lesson that I continue to have to relearn over and over because I, you know, I forget and I, my mind goes to ego and my mind goes to sort of wanting more. And I got to remember yeah. that that's not the way, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, well, wait a minute, there's some, 
thing trying to do something on my computer. Hold on. Uh, remind me later. Where the hell did you go, Charlie? Oh, is, is, is it got, wanting you to shut it down or something? No, no, it's all good. Uh, I just had to, I had this thing pop up in my face. You know what? Cutting into this, I had a vocal coach that I just went to this week. And one thing that I always prided myself on before was I was self-taught, you know? Yeah. And I just realized that there was a point where that was an egotistical thing. It's like, I'm self-taught. It's like, okay, great. You're self-taught. That's great. But there's more, there's more out there, you know, do you want to go learn it? So I went to this vocal coach and I want to address that ego thing you just said, because he said something, said it so beautifully. He said, ego, edging God out. Mm. And I don't care what meanings you hang on all those words, it, whether you're, you believe or don't believe, it's still put whatever you need in there. It's the truth, man. It's mm -hmm. edging greatness out, edging God out, edging. It's just, it's, it, it hit me hard. So I wanted to share that with you and your, your listeners. No, I, I like that a lot. I'm not being very funny. I hope this is No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that's, it's a great time. I, I think you're absolutely right because you're you're just pushing it, again. It's 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 not about what's right in front of you, what's here. It's about what you're putting all this pressure on for something to be, you know. And yeah, I mean, you, God or the universe, or whatever you want to call it, or great, you call it? presents yeah. itself every single moment. It's just are you awake enough to see it? So, you know, I think uh, this is a great little TED talk that we've done here. I think nice this one, stuff, it, it's a good tr a good trial run. You know, uh, yeah, I like uh, it. Yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, maybe we'll do a joint TED talk at some point soon with all this philosophy we borrowed from Giannis and your vocal coach. You know, <laughs> what is uh, next for you? We're running a little uh, low on time. I want to be conscious of your time, but I do want to uh, want people me, to know where uh, where they can support and when they can see you live. Well, we have a new album coming out. It's called Well, I'm in a band called The Record Company. Oh, by the way, that will, I, I assume everybody knows this at this point, because I always yeah. do a setup at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So well, I can't I believe, I can't believe that's the first time we've said the record company on this uh, podcast. But anyway, keep going. I'll maybe say it three, four times in the introduction. It'll work out for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be in the intro, the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, our album is going to be called Play Loud. It comes out in uh, right before the tour in uh, October. Uh, we're going to start our tour in Milwaukee. Bam. Yes. Uh, what venue? The 10th of uh, October at Turner Hall. The tickets are actually going pretty quick. So grab yourself a handful of tickets. Um, it's going to be great. I, I And then we're going to be coming back to Wisconsin to play the Sylvie on the 9th of November. So uh, if you're up that way or you're in, in the northern area, you can come down and see us. Um, or you could hit both. What the heck? Let's get yeah. crazy. Jeez, but uh, we're our new song "How High" is out uh, right now. Uh, video, which is super fun, and uh, we all got it was the first like time we all had been able to get together. Everybody, you know, we did all the protocols and whatnot. And we got together and everybody just partied, and it's a good old fashioned like uh, it's a rock and roll video, man. We play rock and roll. We play play with as much heart and soul as we can. And my motto is, uh, when we hit the stage, it's like. Every time on stage is not one more time, it's one less time. So give it everything you got, man. You get so because when I hit the stage in 2019 and New Year's Eve in Philadelphia, there was no way that I thought I'd be sitting here with you over almost a, over a year and a half later, and I still haven't been mm. on stage yet. So it, that is get out there and get it, man. Let's I have some fun. 
drink some beers, scream some rock and roll choruses, jump up and down, hang in the back, start a euchre table in the back. I don't care. <laughs> Come on down. Maybe I love have- that philosophy, man. It's not one um, more time. It's one less Let- time. That that, And it's almost like if you live your life like that, it's not one more day. It's it's one less day. You know, it really, it it's almost... Yeah, it does. It keeps you grateful. It keeps you humble. Keeps you in the moment. Not to keep harping on. I want to share a, a brat secret. Oh, please do that. I can't believe that we haven't gotten to brat secrets yet. What? Please. Right. I, everybody out here. Now, I am not going to tell you that I make best Wisconsin brat, but I make one of the better ones uh, out here in L.A. When, one of the great accomplishments of my life was when I the first uh, like Memorial Day or whatever that we had out here when I moved. I was at my buddy's barbecue. I went to the grocer and I was like. They had every type of thing, but they didn't have brats. And it was like, I was like, do you have any Johnsonville's or Usinger's brats? And he's like, I think I have like two in the freezer section in the back. And he brings out these two things of brats. So I grab them and I said to the butcher, I said, dude, I'm telling you, there's a lot of Midwest people out here. You put out some Johnsonville's, you're going to sell them. Next time I come back, about two weeks later, it's where I was chop all the time. He's like, I started putting out brats and they're selling. Well, then the next holiday came and he had like an, the whole, like a whole shrine with Johnsonville brats. I walk up to the guy and I'm like, I guess you're selling some, huh? He's like, I can't keep them on the shelves. They're going crazy. I said, and I, I called my mom. I said, whatever I do out here, that is one of my greatest accomplishments getting brats in this store. You are so, spreading the gospel of the brat. Yeah, get if we could only get some Sheboygan hard rolls out here, <laughs> you know, and and some decent. Uh, I, I need to get some Mertz cheese out here. But anyway, yeah. uh, here's the thing: my brother Mark came up with this, and I'm not telling you it's going to make it better, but I'm going to tell you I think it makes mine better, and it's the most I never heard of it. My brother Mark Voss, the inventor of this, when you're boiling your brats, yeah, put a shot of vodka in there, huh? With the beer. Just. One or two shots of vodka. Now it's two shots. Now it's two or three. Shots. Just or one or three or a couple, two, three I shots put, of vodka. I put in one. Okay. But you know, and I swear to God, I don't know if it's mental or not. They were more tender somehow. They were really? just something occurred in there with that. Now this could be total BS. No, I'll roll with it. Will people put you know, beer in there? Here's the nut. Yeah, you got. Oh, you got to have the beer. Yeah. And, okay. I mean, What's your beer at you? I mean, you got it. You can't. You can you? you I, I'm very firm believer. You can't use light beer to boil a brat. Well, I what do you? What are you throwing an IPA in there or what? Oh no, I, I throw in like you know uh, the genuine draft or oh or, the MGD. I see. So you, you like a PBR or something it's like gotta that? It's got to be a heavy. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be, be a macro brew. You're you not. Know? You're not going Miller Lights, High Life Lights, a uh, High Life. I can avoid it. I'll drink. Yeah. I'll drink light beer all day. But sure. I, 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 when I'm boiling a broad, I'll. It's got to be like you know Schlitz, Pabst. There it's you go. Be, Pabst yeah. is usually my go-to. To be quite honest, but honestly, uh, get a Blatz in there. Blatz a, just has hard to find that out here. I. Yeah. You know what a what a great name for a beer. Blats. Blats. It just sounds like I blatzed all over the place. You know, oh, it's it, just, uh, which sounds like a bowel movement, but it's a great beer. There was a whole thing back in college about what blats did you the next day, but I'll let everybody else. There's somebody out there who's going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to be the one to say it today, but it, <laughs> I think it, we've it all. Ads. <laughs> blats give you the blank ats. Okay. It's like, it's, 
<laughs> it's a you 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 want to lose a little weight. There's no way any calorie in a blatz gets retained. It, no, or, it's, it, it, it's like celery. It's yeah. a negative <laughs> calorie uh, superfood. Yeah. We'll call it. It just goes through you. It takes everything <laughs> with it. You get a nice buzz. You know, hey, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> Work from home the day after yeah. if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got your tour uh wait 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 we didn't finish that that so just one shot of vodka we did finish it one shot of yeah, vodka it. Alleys, i mean then, you know I, I won't insult your audiences this is a wisconsin audience they know oh, how yeah. to do it they, they know, know how to do it post soak yeah. and everything i ain't yeah. i'm not gonna tell that's like it's like a you know I'm, I'm living in la the last 10 years you guys probably got you know but by the way in the comments it would be great if uh, one or two, uh, if there are secret brat moves, Would, wouldn't you oh, think? Oh, yeah. Honestly, comment? that's a great idea. Yeah. Please yeah. post your secret brat moves below. Yeah. And, and don't be offended by my, you know, hey, it's just, a, you know, we're, there's nothing wrong with trying it. You know, if you yeah. want to see this recipe, cool. But my brother Mark did this. And I, after that, it's even if it doesn't work, what it does do, everybody at the party is like, what are you doing? They're yeah. Like, I'm in there. They're like, Really? Uh, Why? Huh. I don't know. Man. It's just a kind of magic thing, you know. It so looks you cool. Make, yeah. yeah, you, you feel like a guy that knows what he's doing, or a right. person, you, human. You, you get the like mad a, scientist vibe yeah. going at the cookout. So yeah. that's pretty slick. I'm and still then, for the moves, dude. Yeah, I need, I need some new ones. I like doing it different ways, trying different ways. You know. Yeah. No, I. I everyone, put them below. Put them in the comments, send them in, and don't get snooty about them. Don't start attacking other people if you don't yeah, like their bra nice move. Yeah, nice. yeah. Unless they cool. say poke them with a fork. If they say poke them with a fork, well, they deserve to get poked with a fork. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, in the uh, near term, what do you have going on? What are you doing to prepare for this tour? Uh, we're we're going to play a few shows. Uh, I got one next weekend uh, in Jackson Hole. It's just kind of a, a smaller like event. Uh, to kind of get prepped. And then we've got a few. We're playing Mammoth Festival out here. We're touring, starting uh, in, on October 10th in Milwaukee. We tour the entire United States and uh, end in L.A. So for me, it's really cool because I start at home and I end at home. You know, nice. so um, uh, and the record will be dropping. We're dropping new tracks uh, every couple of weeks right up to that release on, I believe it's October 8th. The, the album will drop and a couple of singles will have dropped ahead of time. That song "How High" is actually doing pretty good. It got saw that. It's like uh, was the number one added song at AAA this week. So I'm I'm pretty stoked. That's man. awesome. I, you know, I hesitate to talk about that stuff because I don't want to sound like I'm like bragging up on anything or sound. No, jeez, like that's the I, Midwest in you. We're saving this till the end. You know, that's, I hope that you're saves. you're doing <laughs> real good. You're doing real. That's the Midwest way. You know, that's the Midwest way. Seeing as you're the editor, I did have one or two other things I wanted to say. See, yeah, geez, I'm the editor. Put it in, okay. put in everything, you know. Here's what I wanted to say. Yeah, a by doing this, I am proving that I'm like my father and I never say goodbye first. <laughs> <laughs> two, uh, I want to I want to acknowledge a few things that I think uh, should be recognized as they don't exist outside of Wisconsin. Yes, yes, please. Okay, in LA, some things that don't nobody knows about in Los Angeles, and I I don't care. You can say what you want. I've got my Milwaukee shirt on. I love Los Angeles. I absolutely love this town. Now, I love Wisconsin. I love Los Angeles. I love it here. 
Okay, it's a perfect fit for me. And I go back to Wisconsin, perfect place for me too. I, I just found two places that I love. Now, that being said, things they don't know about out here, how to cook brats, as we have addressed. Yeah, it's tragedy. They, they don't know what Kringle is. It's another tragedy, although they sell it at Trader Joe's now, which is uh, kind of weird in itself. But Not they, exactly like that Racine County Kringle. Like uh, My mom, her and her friends will give Kringles to each other uh, like uh, – like uh, uh, like people used to be like, ah, here's something yeah. for the family. You know, it's yeah. like it's like they exchange it like it's currency. It's like, yeah. oh, she brought a Kringle. I better like bring a Kringle. I, if someone brings a Kringle, you better. I mean, that that's they, they are. I'm super hungry right now and almost annoyed you brought up Kringle based upon yeah. what uh, hey, just about happened me. to I, me I inside. I am 2,200 miles away from, from the last I could, I could just go down there and grab one right now. I know. That's upsetting. That's yeah. upsetting. Uh, another thing they don't know about, if you say uh, um, they don't know what uh, <clears throat> we invented in uh, my county, uh, Kenosha, Racine County, uh, we invented the Combine Demolition Derby. I'm very OK. OK. All right. I would like to go to that. Kenosha I would love county to go Fair. that. It's coming up this summer. Go, go. A combine also- Demolition Derby. Combine Demolition Derby I'm and then uh, talk to the Racine County Fair and tell them that Chris Voss from the record company said this because my dad used to be a tractor puller. Fantastic tractor pull in Racine County. I Fair. heard they got a good one down there. I'll be honest I will with you go about that. To tractor pull right now. Like uh, there was a guy who opened a sports bar here and he's like, What should I put on the TVs? I'm like, put tractor pulls on. Put you know combine demolition. He's like, what are you talking about? And he's, I'm like, just have one screen that's just weird. I'm like, I guarantee you, there'll be guys like me just being like, oh, cool, man. They've got art, you know, 1978 art fonts with the Green Monster pulling. You know, the two people are gonna know what I'm talking about, by the way. And the two people are gonna love me for it. Wow, full pull, yeah. I mean, I we used to go up to Elkhorn and go to the county fair pull. I saw uh, that was where I saw my first concert. I saw. Uh, uh, Christ, they sang Elvira. Uh, what was the name? The Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. up there, huh? Oh, yeah. Elk, Elkhorn. They had the Oak Ridge Boys at the county fair, and uh, we'd go to the tractor pull every year. They had it in Elkhorn. I don't think they do anymore, but, uh, you know, that, that's another thing. No one knows anything about that out here. No, no. You. You didn't know about the combine demolition. No, I didn't know about the combine. I almost feel like I'm going to get heat for not knowing about that, but I'm very excited about it. I mean, I uh, I mean, do they soup them up more? They're pretty souped up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's amazing about the combine demolition. And for anybody who doesn't know what a combine is, when you go and you see the, the big machine going through the field, harvesting corn, oats, whatever. The engine is on top of these damn things. So yeah. the only way to win, it's not like a car where you run into the other car and the engine will explode. You can't hurt the engine. So the only way to win is, and these things go three miles an hour. The only way to win is to tear the wheels off of the other guy's thing or you know, render it useless, tear his back wheels off. So it takes a while. So it's great drinking. You know, you could have six combines, watch them for a Super Bowl length. 
and you'll be entertained the entire time. These guys are crazy. Yeah, and you toss some side bets on it, the whole deal. Uh, and the, and those combines are pretty expensive. I went to Farm Tech Days, and I was talking. There was oh, they a, get the old '60s ones, dude. Those guys, they get the ones with they they just like go, oh, hey, Grandpa, are you using that anymore? Nope. Okay, they paint it blue. Oh yeah, they go, and they it's like the old school buses that they t- do races thing, around. There's too. not a bottle of Corbell in this entire city. How? It, not, they make it there's there. Not. That's it's where it's insane. made. I can't find it anywhere. So I have to drink E&J, which I don't mind. But the thing I'll say here, an old-fashioned out here, not only do they not make a brandy old-fashioned, they make an old-fashioned like my grandpa would have called it a Manhattan. They don't mm. put sweet or sour. It's they just don't have booze. any clue. When you say like oh, sweet, they're like, what are you talking about? They don't put any, yeah. they don't put any uh spread or, or seven up or sour in there. They just booze and bitters. Booze and bitters. Yeah. Which I always thought was, you know, we'd pour it to the top of a glass. They give you about a third of a glass, charge you 22 bucks for it. I'm like, man, fill that yeah, thing up. I know. You what know? I mean, am I I'm paying for a heavy pour here, fella? You should have known. Smaller. The license the license said Wisconsin. You should know that. But got out here, I ordered a, a captain and coke. And back in Milwaukee, they go small or tall, yeah. which means small is your normal rocks glass. Tall is a pint glass, which yeah. now I'm like, wow, that, that seems crazy to me. Because when I got out here, I ordered a Captain and Coke and they gave me like what we would call like a, I don't know, a snifter, you yeah. know, a little whatever. A, a, I'm like a back for your bloody Mary, a Captain Coke yeah, back and for it, your and bloody. It charged, it charged, yes, a back. Yes. Yeah. And it charged me twice what I paid for a tall in Wisconsin. I was like. Are you kidding me? This glass? So that's why I stopped drinking Captain and Cokes out here. I just can't I can't do it. So. No, it's not a, it's not a sustainable financial decision in LA to do such a thing. Thank so those you. are two different. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And and I just want to thank you for spreading uh the Midwestness out there in LA. Uh it's a tough job and someone's got to do it and I appreciate the fact that you're doing it. So thank you very much. They love it. They love all of it. Every time I'm, it, that's the thing. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, try this. And they're like, hey, we're not nuts. We know what we're eating out there in Wisconsin and drinking. I'll tell you, you know, you might have, a, you might, you know, find yourself, uh, uh, you got to watch how much you do at a certain point in your life, but, or you don't, I mean, whatever you want to do. But, you know, if somebody's munching on a carrot and you hand them a brat, they're going to be like, holy smokes, yeah. what the heck is this thing? Yeah. But you know what? I also learned when you're close to fresh veggies, they're pretty dang delicious. The melons and stuff, stuff I never thought of when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, I eat all that crap now. I didn't. I'll eat anything. Yeah. In front of me. I'm, except for Kringle because I don't have any of it. Oh, you know, I got to send you one. That's that's it. You, you've inspired me to send me you one. one. It showed up like a mush. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose the- that they are a little perishable. They're a little yeah, perishable, yeah. especially in this heat. Ooh, maybe I'll wait till winter. Ma sends me uh, uh, some cold. She'll send me cold cuts from Tanudas in Kenosha. How does she get them? Do you? Oh yeah, she gets. She's got a whole system. She packs them with like some dry, icy thing. And oh yeah. They get they get oh eaten. man. All right. Well, now <laughs> I gotta go find Kringle and dry eyes. Kringle and Racine. I know they got a good. There's a Kringle company. Racine's got good Kringle, and then. Uh, go to Tenuta's in Wisconsin, Kenosha or Gloriosos in Milwaukee for your fine Italian 
delis. Yeah, well, cheapers, cripes. Thanks for all the uh, all the. You know, I didn't think I'd be getting a a, a Yelp review uh, on this either, but you know, you provide a lot. You provide a TED Talk, a Yelp review, band updates. Yep. You know, we got the whole deal. Whatever you what, use it how you will, my friend. Use it how you will. Well, thanks, man. This was a lot of fun. Seriously, great interview. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, keep her moving and watch out for deer out there in L.A., okay? All right. Go Packers. Congratulations, Bucks. Go Brewers. And uh, I, I am obsessed with Don Money. I want everybody to know you know what Don Money is. Right? Oh, yeah. I found a patch recently with a Don Money patch. Let's, uh, let's uh, I don't know. I want to see Don Money brought back to Milwaukee for to throw out a first pitch at a Brewers game. That would be fantastic. I That'd think that you got to bring some of that 80, bring that deep 82, bring back a Pete Vukovic, bring back a Moose Haas. It's you know, time. Bring back. It's time. Man. It's, it's, it's in fashion again. Let's do it. Don money. Don, let's start it with Don money and start with the guys down the roster. That's you know? the hashtag yeah. Don money. 2022. That's the hash. 2021. Oh. We'll do it this year. Do it this year. Yeah. Cause yeah. they got, Look at the Bucks embracing the '71 team. It just took them right to glory, dude. See, bring that '82 team back, man. <laughs> I love it. Thank All you, right, brother. Man. I appreciate you. We'll see, see ya. And that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Make sure you follow the Record Company at the Record Company on Instagram and stay up to date with them. And remember, October eighth, Play Loud is coming out. Make sure you get it. Also, make sure you follow the Cast at Cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much. Thanks to Chris for coming on the Cast. I want everybody to keep her moving. Watch out for deer. And come on over to my garage if you want some frozen rhubarb. Okie dokes. Real good. Bye-bye now. Stay safe. Watch out for deer. Did I say that already? Yes. Tell your folks I said hi. Okie dokes. Bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down, just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving.